0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of AMA Live. I'm your host, Tom Billie, and I'm going to be taking your questions today. Let's dive right in. Oh, actually, before we do, by the way, today's episode is brought to you by F Patience. I'm guessing you can stand what the F stands for. Uh, go to shop.impacttheory.com right now to get yours. We've got the whole new mindset collection, so check it out. All right, first question comes from Joel at Motivation to Study. I struggle with mornings. I always sleep in as long as I possibly can. I only seem to be able to get up on days. I have no other choice. Usually when I have somewhere to be, uh, how can I make myself get out of bed and do something productive with my mornings? All right, this is something that very sadly, I can relate to immeasurably. So I went through a period in my life, well, I went through a few. One of them, I actually had to set an alarm to make a 10 p.m. movie because I just kept sleeping later and later and later. It was pretty ridiculous. And I got so um, weird being out of sync like that that I was like, all right, this is crazy. And then I went through another period later where you think I would have learned my lesson the first time, and sadly I did not, where I was laying in bed for three or four hours a day, every day, and like you, I only got up when I had the shame and the pressure of my wife or then-girlfriend coming back uh, from work, she was working and I was the lazy person staying at home all day. And so I, I'm going to give you the God's honest truth about how to end laziness and end it right now. It is twofold. Number one, you need to become disgusted with yourself for wasting that level of time. There's just no two ways around it. And I know that this is something that people get really weird about. And this is not something where you wallow in the self-disgust and then it becomes like its own other thing. This is the 20% of the time, the dark side, where you're going to kick yourself in the ass And sometimes that is exactly what you need to do. And when you tolerate any behavior from yourself, then you get any behavior. So number one, you cannot tolerate it anymore. Now, the only way that you're going to be able to actually stick with that, instead of just getting in a cycle of self-loathing, which is useless and you do not wanna do, the only way out of that is to have something that you're moving towards. So you're gonna move away from that feeling of self-disgust. You are going to judge yourself for laying in bed and being lazy. But the only way for that to be effective is if there's something for you to move towards. And the thing you're going to move towards is the part I'm guessing is missing from your life. So you need to figure out what that thing is. And that thing is going to be the thing that intrigues you. It gives you more energy than it takes away. Ultimately down the road, we're gonna turn it into a passion. We're gonna make it a mission in our lives. Something where we're able to serve other people and that feeling which is so rad is gonna be the thing that gets you going every morning. Now I have done that complete transition where I Literally couldn't get myself out of bed all the way to now um, I'll I'll take the Pepsi challenge with anybody that wants to go just like minute for minute in terms of being focused on the things that you care Most about and making them come true Um, I I, Want to move away from just talking about work because it should be more profound than that it should be more life-affirming Energy giving than that, Uh, but essentially that's what it is. I'm working as you guys know if I'm awake I'm either working or working out Monday through Friday so That's where we wanna get to. Those are the two main things that you're gonna do. Then I will say, throw in some bright lines to really drive the point home. So just give yourself a limit. I'm the type of person that gets out of bed in 10 minutes or less, simple as. That's what I use. So to be the person that I wanna be, to feel rad about saying, hey, I set this goal for myself and I stuck it out, I have to actually get out of bed, even when no one is looking. Now, once you've tasted real, earned self-pride, you will never want to go back. And the way that you get that self pride is by earning credibility with yourself by making yourself a promise and then sticking to it. So even if The thing you have to do to promise yourself to get out of bed is to go do something rad. Like, what's that rad thing? Is it reading? Is it playing video games? Is it calling your significant other on the phone? Like, whatever it is, step one, get out of bed. You said you were gonna do it in less than 10 minutes. You did it. And now, whatever that thing is that's exciting, I used to do that with reading. I would let myself go read. Oh, I can go read? So, and that's how I propel myself out of bed on the weekends. So. Make sure that you use those three things and I think you're really going to be able to end that laziness. Um, At the end of the day, laziness, I think all of us have some degree of laziness. Maybe mine is more profound than the next person, but overcoming it was dead simple. And it's about moving away from one thing, moving towards another, and then using those bright lines to just give myself those moments of identity where I get going. All right, there it is. That's how you destroy laziness. All right, this is from anonymous, which may mean this is really interesting. I'm addicted to my phone and I'm wasting so much time on it on social media and games when I should be studying. Tried ignoring it and it doesn't work. How can I stop wasting time on my phone? Okay, so the phone is just a stand-in for anything that is um, the distraction. It's the quick dopamine hit of having something small and simple to look at, and then it moves to the next, look at that, moves to the next, and you get this weird neurological um, cascade of um, anticipation and um, delivery. So you anticipate something interesting, you get something interesting, and you move on and on and on. And that literally is how they keep you on social media. That's why people check their email all the time. That's Reddit to me is the ultimate version of this. It sucks you into an abyss of, intrigue and cool intrigue and cool intrigue and cool and so you get in this really spastic loop so to me this is just like doing a little drug it is kind of along the lines of food in that eh, it's not like the real extreme amplitude of say a cocaine or something like that but it just like food it's just interesting enough that it keeps you going in this cycle and here's something that i find really interesting It is so much easier, when we're talking about laziness, it is so much easier for us to be reactive than for us to be proactive. And again, this is why people go into email so much. You don't have to think of what you should be doing to make your dreams come true. You need only react to what people want and that fills the time. Okay, let that sink in for a minute one of the things that really fucks people up is they're just trying to fill the time. They they know that the day has to go by somehow and because they have not sat down to do the work of building a passion, setting a mission for their life, saying this is who I am and this is what I'm about. Because they don't have that, they don't know what to be proactive about. And when you're lacking that sense of like, who I am, what I do, what I'm about, what's my purpose, why am I here, what is meaningful to me, when you don't have those things, suddenly, why not just pick up your phone? For me, every minute, the reason that I'm so die-hard about if I'm awake, I'm either working or I'm working out, is I know what I'm working towards. Not only am I trying to build uh, an amazing life for my wife and to have all the kinds of security and my family and do dope shit, but I'm also trying to pull people out of the matrix. At scale, on a global scale, I want to be able to give people an empowering mindset. Now I can think of real people that I've failed in my life, I've failed to help have that kind of breakthrough, I've failed to ensure that people have access to a certain way of thinking that will allow them to come alive and to dream and to execute against those dreams and to help raise other people up. And so every minute that I'm not moving towards that, it feels like such a lost opportunity for two reasons, one, just objectively, that seems like a very worthwhile goal to be going after, and then two, it makes me feel rad. I've become obsessed recently with the radness. What are the things that make you feel rad? What are the things that make you feel alive? What are the things that are just super fucking energizing? And like, really taking the time to sit down, write that out, make a list, and say, These are the things, these are the radness for me. This is the stuff that amps me up, that just gets me going on a neurochemical level. I like doing this. If you haven't read Lynchpin, read it. And he talks about being an artist. And I will just, meaning, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be amazing. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be extraordinary. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be one of the greatest of all time. What you have to be is proactive. He doesn't say that, that's me putting my words into it. But that's the reality, the world boils down to people who just like, they get so terrified and paralyzed by I don't know exactly what I'm doing, I don't know how to find my way through all of this, that they would just much rather show up nine to five, have somebody tell them what to do, but the irony is that ends up sucking away your soul. The only way to go into a job or even start a company is to be proactive, is to go, what do I wanna do? What are the skills I wanna gain? How do I want to move through this world? I wanna see my energies and ideas put to the test. I wanna see if they're good or not. When you're acting like that, when it's not about anybody else, when it's not about pleasing your boss or making your manager happy, it is entirely about, I have an agenda. There is something I want to get good at. I want autonomy. In fact, let me just say, If you don't know the word autonomy, learn it. This word is is one of the five fundamental drivers of the human condition. People want autonomy. They don't wanna be a puppet. They don't wanna be told what to do all the time. So the reason that they let themselves do that is because it is so much easier and it's so much less terrifying, but it puts you into this soul-wrenching, slow death. And that's the thing that I think leads most people to be unhappy, is they've never figured out how to be proactive. So let's talk about it. How do you become proactive? It has to do with how you respond when you were in the wilderness of trying to get great, trying to find a path through to either getting the promotion at work or launching your own company or breaking in, whatever you're trying to do. In that moment, when you are hopelessly lost, when You doubt yourself when the world is slapping you around and you realize the reason you feel like you don't know what you're doing is because you don't know what you're doing in that moment. If you can have faith, not a word I use often. If you can have blind faith in the fact that you can learn and that the only thing that matters is to keep moving forward that's it and if you find that in front of you oh god there is a bramble of confusion and pain and suffering well guess what you're going to learn how to deal with that and if you don't panic if you don't just try to run and scramble and you just stop and go, okay, cool, I need to keep moving forward, I've got brambles, these suck, these hurt, I need to learn how to better hack and slash, I need to make a machete, like whatever it is you need to do, and you do that, and you keep going, and you just have faith that you're going to be able to make that next tool, that you're going to be able to toughen your skin up, that you're gonna be able to keep pushing through or see an alternative path to go around, to go over, to dig a hole, whatever it is, but you have faith that I'm not gonna panic, I'm not gonna give in to this voice of terror, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I don't know what I'm doing right now. That is absolutely okay. The only thing that matters is rather than giving energy to the panic, I'm going to focus all of my attention on learning, on asking questions. How could I do this better? What could I be doing differently right now? And the reason that people don't ask that is either that energy of panic, they let it escalate. I think about this a lot. This is gonna be super random. Britney Spears shaving her head maybe some of you are too young to remember this, but I remember when it happened, I was like, it was like watching a train wreck and I honestly believed she was gonna commit suicide. I just thought, whoa, man, she is so far gone. And I thought, we've seen, this person is broken and they're forever broken and that this was a sign of mental illness and that there was no coming back from it. But she came back and she rebuilt things and hair grows back. And thinking about what happened, the energy of that panic, of the the sense of overwhelm, that I get when we keep having technical difficulties. (laughs) So like right now, YouTube, it looks like it's just you and I. In those moments, you can't let the energy of that panic take you over. In that moment, it really is like a super simple thing of I'm gonna breathe from my diaphragm. As dumb as that sounds, you just have to change the direction of that energy because you can't give in to the negativity. You can't be overwhelmed by that sense of panic. You, you, You can't feed into it. And so even if that means for a second, I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna breathe from my diaphragm and I'm gonna let that energy that's feeding into the panic, I'm just gonna let it dissipate. And when you do that, then you shift your mind over to what you need to do to take that next step, which is to learn something. Now when your ego is tied up entirely around your willingness to do that, your willingness to learn, not this is where people get messed up. They wanna be great right now today. They want to think of themselves as awesome they want other people to tell them that they're awesome and i trust me when i say i get it but if instead you can take all of your value from being the learner all of your value from in that moment being willing to go yeah i'm stuck in brambles right now and this really sucks but I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm just gonna go step by step. I'm gonna take it slow, I'm gonna figure out what I need to do, and if I have to back up and go around, I'm gonna do that, but I'm, everything that I'm doing is designed to get me going forward. It's designed to get me towards my goals, and sometimes the smartest thing is to backtrack, sometimes the smartest thing is to stop, but that's very different than giving into the negativity, giving into the panic, being paralyzed. Those are, that's freezing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about stopping and being thoughtful. If you can do that, then you're gonna be able to figure this stuff out. But you've gotta let go of that desire to be cool, to have it figured out, to be the best right now, and just invest in being the learner. Daniel Breeze, Facebook, we have a hand raise. David told me there's no sound, I'm not that sure. Not even on YouTube. There's not on YouTube. Uh, we'll keep going. Group, All right. Um, So this is Daniel Breeze, he asked from Facebook, but hopefully this will be beneficial to everybody. How do you make sure humility isn't mistaken for low self-esteem, and how do you make sure confidence doesn't come off as arrogance? Um, This is a really fine line to walk, and I can only imagine that there are times where I come across as arrogant, and I think that the way that people are ultimately gonna judge you is by how you make them feel. So if you come in and you're trying to whip people with what you're good at, your confidence, you're smacking them around, you're trying to um, use it to cow other people down, then it, it doesn't matter what, whether it's confidence, arrogance, or anything in between. The only thing that matters is you made them feel like shit. You made them feel like you are better than them. If, on the other hand, you come in and your confidence is one from competence and you're actually good at that thing and people recognize like he really gets results or she really gets results and you come in and you buoy them up, man. And I can't tell you how important that is. Do you make people feel rad? Like, can you make them feel good about themselves? Can you give them a path of how you can do awesome stuff together? If you can do that, if you can get people amped up, then you will be able to get a team around you. I'm telling you right now, the thing that people go towards is positive energy. They wanna feel good about themselves. The people that are gonna come to you, they're gonna come to you because they feel better about themselves when they're around you than when they're not. So at that point, I just stop worrying about confidence, arrogance, and maybe people outside, all they can see, this, the same exact moment, imagine, somebody who knows me and I make them feel good about themselves and I buoy them up and they know that and time after time I've been there when they needed me and I act a certain way. And then you've got somebody watching it at the same fucking time and they see it and they're like, God, this guy's an arrogant prick. But the person whose life I'm constantly touching, they're like, oh man, this dude's so confident, I love it. He makes me feel better about myself. He makes me feel like I can do it. So it really comes down to how do you make people feel? so pay attention to that want other people to win give your ideas away man encourage other people get them amped get them excited make sure they believe in themselves like i've had people come to me and this is one of those things i really didn't recognize for a distressing amount of time but i've had people come to me and i realize all they need they just need someone to believe in them and so i've actually written some content around this where i'll just say you're different man you do things that other people don't do you're willing to put in the work you keep going you're a learner you focus on that who am i really talking to what are the odds that every person reading that actually live up to that zero but i want people to know i believe in them i believe in humans i believe that humans are the ultimate adaptation machine so if you are reading this i believe that simply by reading those words you can make them true in your life And knowing that somebody has that blind belief in you, it means it doesn't matter what you did in your past. It doesn't matter how fucked up you are right now. The only thing that matters is what are you able to do? What are you able to change? How are you able to get moving in a positive direction? And since everybody can at any moment choose to do that, I have belief. And what I see that do to people, the way that, some people have never had somebody just believe. It's always a caveat. It's always a, well, I hope you can. It's a, well, I hope you don't mess up like last time. And that's all they have in their life. They don't have anybody ever that just says, I know you're gonna crush this. It doesn't remove the voice of doubt in that person's mind, but it gives them something to hold on to to get going. And I think that's super critical. So because I'm focusing on things like that, I don't worry about the arrogance, the confidence thing. Just come from a good place. Everything else will sort itself out. Adrian Cubby YouTube hi Tom despite gaining credibility with myself by doing the things I said I still struggle with laziness and once I lose the momentum it's very hard to get back on track how can you keep momentum you've got to keep really caring about that thing that you want now this is a mechanistic process this is one of those things man I wish it were such that just every day I was so filled with joy for like in fact I'm gonna make this about love for a second I wish that you fell in love with somebody, and neurochemically, it was just that way forever. But here's the reality. It doesn't work like that. So going into it with my wife, who is the most important person in my life, I still have to fan those flames. I treat it like a fire. I want you to think about a fire. You, something starts burning. Even something struck by lightning, even the most raging inferno of a forest fire eventually burns out. So there is a strategy to feeding that fire. First of all, you create an area that that's going to stay within. Second, you put dry things that are likely to spark and catch. Then you stack it so that there's oxygen, so that you get the easiest thing burning, the easiest thing to get going. It starts burning, it burns the second easiest and the third easiest. Then, you don't just throw everything on the fire at once. You meter that shit out. And you keep feeding it, and keep feeding it, and keep feeding it. And if you feed that, then it goes, and it will go and go and go forever. And there's no reason that it ever has to burn out until there's just no fuel left anywhere. But then that brings me back. Plant the next forest. So as you chop down that first tree to feed on the fire, make sure that you're growing another one. So here is a very simple example that I do in my marriage. Every time I have the impulse to criticize, I compliment Now it's a sincere compliment, always, but in doing that, I just realized whatever it is that I take the time to embody, meaning I vocalize it, I feel it in my posture, my stance, the level of aggression, whatever. In fact, just, I think it was this morning, my wife was, she caught me by surprise, she had like, she was sitting on a chair in front of the mirror and her hair was a state, but she had like, in, in British speak, that's like, it looked funny. Um, but her makeup was like done. And there was something about this like bedhead juxtaposition with like the beautiful makeup. It, I was like, whoa, she looks beautiful. And I almost didn't say it. And then I thought, wait, wait, wait. I have a rule. Whenever you think something positive, you embody it. You say it out loud. So I was like, baby, you look really beautiful. That's wood on the fire. It's so easy to just let that moment pass and be like, oh, I think my wife looks beautiful 50 times a day. So I don't necessarily need to say it every time. I say it every time. And if I think it in the middle of a meeting, I'll shoot her a text and be just like, damn, you look good. That's, Wood on the fire. That's how you feed it. You embody things. And I think that embodying something, taking the time to express something, bringing it out, not letting it just be a transient thought, grabbing onto it, holding it. So whatever your thing is on those days when you feel it and you want to get up and you want to get going, grab that, man. Grab a hold of it. Think about it. Write it down. Say that it's like it's a rule or it's the person that you're going to think about. And even though it's just that's a decision, and maybe that wasn't like the emotional end-all, be-all, you begin to craft that story around it. You begin to say it obsessively to yourself. I'm going to help these people. I'm going to serve these people. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to do this. I'm the type of person that. All these things, they're building up that narrative about who you are, about who you want to become, about what you want to do, about what your purpose is. Then on those days... Where you're really feeling lazy, you've got that fire and you're tending to it and you're doing the mechanistic things. Chop, wood, plant, tree, feed, fire. Chop, wood, plant, tree, feed, fire. And you just do it over and over and over until it's second nature. Jose Gabriel Gonzalez. By the way, if you do what I just said, it will change your fucking life. That's just one of those ones I'm telling you right now all right jose gabriel gonzalez facebook hey tom given how busy you are how do you determine how much time you would dedicate to fostering and or developing the important relationships in your life not counting your wife okay i am an unbalanced person and the only people that should ever take my advice are people that share my worldview and my worldview is this the very meaning of life is to see how much potential I can manifest in myself. So if we're all capable of extraordinary things, the greatest joy of life to me is to find out how I can actually actuate and make real that potential, which means that I spend a distressingly small amount of time with friends and family. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying when I really on whole take the things that make me feel alive, I carve out very specific, special time for my family going back to that notion of a fire has a contained area that it's in and those are the times that I spend time with uh, my friends and family. Now, I love it. When I'm with them, I fucking love it and I've actually thought today, is there a way to feel the way that I feel when I'm pursuing these big goals? Is there a way to feel like that when I'm just sitting with my family? And unfortunately, the answer to that becomes a little bit like, can you get shredded eating Skittles? And the deeply unfortunate answer, as far as I can see, thus far is no. So there's something about when I'm with my family, I am just, its it's a pure pleasure zone. There's no striving. There's no ambition. It's just relaxation. It's that beautiful connection with somebody. Maybe it's just natural or an innate part of the human animal to want to strive to be what they call an active species to go out to master your domain i don't know but that pull is so strong for me that even at my laziest it was like a siren blaring in my head there were just things that i wanted to create and do that made me feel so alive i couldn't not and so I find that all of this stuff ebbs and flows, and I am merely responding to the way that I want to feel at all times. And so, for instance, most of the time, the pull that is just insanely strong is creating something that helps other people. That, fuck, man, that is so awesome. And to do that, I have to get better. I have to push my skill set. And that act of pushing my skill set, same. It is so awesome. I love it so much. And it makes me feel good about myself, and it makes me feel powerful. It's just awesome. And when that dips and I feel like I just need to connect, I need to feel that love, I need to like talk to somebody with no, like it's not going anywhere those are the times that I make sure that I'm with my family or my wife and I just shut everything off. And part of our rhythm is, and that's why I say, I'm either working or working out, but Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I prioritize my marriage. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not working, and I usually work a fair amount, but I prioritize my relationship. So I make sure that I get all of that cuddly, squishy, mushy time, and I just sink into it, and I'm totally there and present, and then as that cup is full, then I move on to the next thing. So. It is a wild amount of unbalance, meaning I go hard at whatever thing I'm doing. I don't work and hang out with my wife at the same time, and I don't work and try to play at the same time. When I'm in, I'm all the way in. Patrick Rivera, YouTube. I'm 25 and I started talking to my seventh grade crush again. Amazing. It's still early in the process, so I haven't reached stereotypical threshold of having my shit together yet. How'd you tell Lisa you were still building yourself? okay so that now you have to put yourself in my shoes at that age versus what i may do now at the time i was so blind to so many of my faults that my whole thing was just i I was ambitious and i didn't realize there was a difference and a total disconnect between ambition and drive so i was just i just kept telling her i'm gonna be huge i'm gonna do amazing shit. you have no idea and it really was part of seeing it reflected back in her eyes that i was just an empty dreamer that made me, the very first question that I answered today, unfortunately these are broken into two parts because we had some technical difficulties. The very first question that I answered today was about self-loathing and how it can actually kick you in the ass and give you the leverage that you need to start moving. And seeing that I was letting my wife down, and she was my wife then, but seeing that she was out working, earning money, and I was laying in bed all day, and I wasn't even working on the screenplay that I was supposed to be working, oh God. It was so gnarly. And letting the full weight of that hit me was the first thing that really got me going to start putting some of these systems in place, to hold myself accountable, to begin working on my identity, to live up to who I said I wanted to be, to start developing drive, grit, tenacity. Those were the things I had to develop, and I don't know that I would've if I hadn't had the overwhelming amount of shame so that was the truth i was just a hype man but i didn't realize i was just a hype man so my hope with this content is at 25 you can realize don't just be a hype man you need to actively be building your skill set you need to be figuring out what it is that gives you enough energy that you have interest in, that you're gonna go pursue, that you're gonna build into a passion and start doing that stuff, and then you can just explain to them, look, this is the path, this is the trajectory, I know what I'm trying to do. At this point, I'm creating that passion, I'm gaining mastery, and I'm gonna go down this path and I'm gonna be extraordinary, but it's gonna take me time, I'm gonna be learning along the way, but I have a growth mindset, and so every day, I'm gonna put into getting better, and if she sees that that is really true, then she's gonna buy in. But if she sees that you're lazy and you just play video games all day, it's gonna seem like total bullshit and it doesn't matter what you say. Your actions are gonna speak far louder. Seam Land, our boy, YouTube. How do you best project your vision to your employees as to make sure they not only deliver the results but actually shift your own paradigms? Okay, now you're into the brutally difficult world of building a team, getting everybody pointed in the same direction. So. First and foremost, the number one job of the leader is to make sure that the vision is coherent, that people understand what you're actually trying to do, that you reinforce that over and over. Second, you need to engage with people. You need to know what they're working on. You need to support them when, where they need support. You need to Um, point out when they're not meeting the standard, you need to have a standard, people need to know what it is, and you've gotta be really honest about that, and at all times you need to be embodying the principles. So you need to be direct, you need to be honest, you need to be empowering, you need to make them feel better about themselves when they're around you than when they're not, but only based on real shit. And so, sometimes it's having the hard conversations, it's telling them the things that they're not doing, it's pointing out the times that they're not living up to, the standard that you have set, and then most importantly, above all else, you're gonna lead by example. If you are outworking everyone, if you are making them sweat, if they look at you and are like, God damn, I'm not prepared to work that hard, and by the way, they're right a lot. Like I know I will not be able to hold this team together if I'm not right, a lot. And that is one of those things I really wish wasn't true. I really wish all that mattered were your intentions, but the reality is you gotta be right. And to be right, you've gotta put in just an inhuman amount of energy into learning, growing, getting better. And then also ask for feedback and then really take and receive that feedback. Don't put your walls up, don't get defensive, don't push back. When you create that kind of environment, then all of a sudden it's people realize, and this is a this is another thing, this is the punchline to that sentence. One thing that I say over and over and over, I want everyone to know we are all equals. We have different jobs, we have different skill sets, but we are all equals. I'm not more important than you. And I say that because One, autonomy is huge, people need to know that they control their own life. Two, that you wanna hear their ideas, that they should trust their idea. If their idea is terrible, the group is gonna suss it out, but at least they weren't afraid to say something. So when you create that environment where people are like, I'm gonna test this idea out, I wanna see, like what kind of feedback do I get? Am I right about this? And that they know that it's okay to learn. The only thing that it is absolutely not okay, and you've gotta make abundantly clear, is it is not okay to fail to live up to the standard of effort, so. All right, there it is. Got to wrap up. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. As always, a pleasure. Forgive the technical difficulties. And by the way, today's episode is brought to you by F-Patience. You know my thoughts on that. But if you don't, head to shop.impacttheory.com right now, learn more about it. It's all about self-signaling. And you've got to be impatient in life if you want to achieve the extraordinary. That's just the truth. All right, thanks for joining me so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care